Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL podcast. As always, I am Alex Jensen. With me here, got the one and only Zach Deets. Zach, how you doing today? Doing great, man. Uh, sucks we couldn't do our Monday show. You know, sometimes life gets in the way. Uh, little, not I wouldn't say inconvenient, but probably for our listeners because we know uh, you guys love listening to us talk for some odd reason. But happy to be back. Week nine, we're officially at the halfway point. At the halfway point, which feels weird to say on week nine. And yeah, it was definitely my bad this time on uh, missing the uh, Tuesday podcast. I just have been absolutely slammed. But you know what they say, great things take time. And uh, with that said... Do they say that? People do say it, in fact. They have said it. But, <laughs> God damn it, threw me off loop here. But uh, <laughs> since great things take time, I made sure that this intro took a little bit longer than normal. But uh, we're doing the picks today, as always. Zach had a strong week compared to last week. I don't have the uh, win-loss in front of me. But uh, I know it wasn't my best week last week. I went 15 and 15, so I went straight 500, which I'm okay with. And uh, Alex went a staggering 11 and 19. Yeah, rough week for rough week for me. I think that might put me under 500 for the year two or right there. It did. I think it did. Uh, I think it puts me one game under, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so I was seven I, over. I or something. updated our year long totals and our locks. Uh, the one thing you did beat me on last week, we'll start with the locks. You're 11 and 5, and I'm 10 and 6 on the year. You did go undefeated on your locks last week. I went 1 and 1. I, Let's uh, go. That's like the division games. Yeah, I think I bet the over on the or I've locked in the over in that Eagles Lions game, or vice versa, and I got that wrong. But it's all good. But in terms of yearly average, um, Alex, you were 119, 122, and 3. I am 114. Oof. 127 and three so only a five game difference so i just need to uh do a little better this week and you need to do just a little bit worse and uh the old uh deets train is uh chugging along that's yeah that's how you work just try to get me as low as possible instead of raising yourself up basically if you heard our records we should know is uh don't listen to either of us because for the first time in the year we are both sub 500 on the year Hate to see it. Hate to see it. But uh, it's, it's coming around today. We're both getting over 500 this week. We're putting together a hell of a line. It's starting with the Thursday night game, which is tonight for us. The powerhouse New York Jets coming off a victory against the top seed in the AFC at the time. Visiting the Colts in Indy. Ten and a half point line in the favor of the Colts. Notable line. Anything over 10, especially when you get that 0.5 over 10, is saying a lot right there, and it makes me a little bit nervous to pick it. And for that reason, Zach, I'm going to let you go first. How do you feel about this game, which will take place after Mike White's jersey gets put in the Hall of Fame for setting the first career start passing yard record despite having an average depth of target below five yards? Well, um, let me first say that, I mean, that performance by Mike White last week, I mean, I did not see that coming. And that was more, and I'm not trying to crap on the Jets. I mean, that's a good win for them, good win for their, like, 
fans, their culture, the one that Robert Sala is trying to build and stuff. But to me, that game was a total indictment of I want to love the Cincinnati Bengals, but I just can't trust them, like, at all. Like, they are, like, another version of the Titans to me. Like, a lot of players I like, but still a lot of holes, and the coaching can be a little suspect at times. More so for Cincinnati. I do think Vrabel is better than Zach Taylor, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, that was an ugly loss for Cincinnati, especially coming off a big win against uh, division rival the Baltimore Ravens. But in terms of this game, I do agree with you. Uh, especially Thursday night, we know how these games could get a double-digit line. Like, I I just, oh, it just skis me out a bit. But I'm going to go with the Colts here. Um, I don't believe Mike White is going to have similar success that he did against Cincinnati. Um, I know the Colts secondary has had its injuries and its flaws, but I do think one thing Matt Eberflus, the indie defensive coordinator, is going to do. He's going to try and dial up pressure, especially against a Jets offensive line that has been a little suspect in recent weeks, especially from the interior outside of Elijah Vera Tucker, who's been very, very solid. I mean, that looks like a good – I didn't really like that trade-up, but especially for a guard. But he, him and Becton look like you know cornerstones on that left side of the offensive line. Um, I like the Colts. I also think Carson Wentz is playing pretty well outside of that um, – you know, that multi, yeah, I think he had his first multi-interception game uh, last week or the week before blanking on it right mm-hmm. now. But, yeah, last I week. think he's been playing, yeah, last week. So I do believe that the Colts are the better team and at home, you know, trying to come back from their 0-3 start, maybe make a push for a wild card spot. They're going to be playing for a lie. I think they're going to pull out all the stops, even against the Pittsburgh Jets team. I like the Colts here. The over-under in this game is 45. I'm going to take the over here. Um, I'm at that point with the Jets where I feel like not only does garbage time matter, but, you know, Mike White plays a more composed game. This isn't Zach Wilson trying to play backyard football. Like, he's going to go by the game plan. He's not going to do a lot of things off script. And that will lead to some points. The Jets, while the skill position group needs a lot of work, they got some talent there. They have uh, Michael Carter, who I kind of like out of the backfield, Corey Davis. You know, that was great signing by them. And, yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore is getting healthier. There's talent there. So between me thinking the Colts are going to win by a decent amount and the Jets putting points on the board, I like the over here. What do you think, Alex? Yes. As I tend to say, we are seeing things in lockstep this week. I uh, I think that if Mike White is going to play anything like he played last week, this is a bad team to do it against. I, I think they want you to try to check it down and – Keep everything in front of them where they can just run down, be sure tacklers, be long, get in passing windows, and slow you down with that uh, tremendous linebacker core and good safety core over there. Um, ten and a half is a lot of points. I'm a little bit wary of that one. I don't know that I view Carson Wentz as one of those guys who just comes out and pours the gas all over someone, lights them on fire. Even so, right now, he kind of hasn't been playing exactly like that player. That being said, his chemistry with Michael Pittman has really been growing over recent weeks. I do think this is a great spot for Jonathan Taylor to have a good week finally. Uh, I think that – I think if the Colts weren't the Colts, we'd be talking about their offensive line play a bit more. Even Quentin Nelson, um, Braden Smith has been all right, but 
they haven't really had any dominant offensive linemen, and across the board, the line has them as they've dealt with a years. lot of injuries. That's another thing. They're, they're they last have. week, despite the loss, that was like the first week where they um kind of every the gang's like mostly back together. Exactly, and I think that does matter a ton. I think that that is kind of going to be an X factor in this game that I think will push the Colts over that ten and a half point threshold there. So. Going to go with the Colts on that one. I'm with you also. The over 45 points doesn't scare me too much. I believe the Colts have scored over 30 points three consecutive weeks now. A little bit more worried about how much the Jets are going to score, although I do think they'll string together a couple long drive, just kind of dinking and dunking their way down against this team. I think that it's going to be a uh, high rate of plays for the Jets. I think they're going to just run a lot of offensive plays, which lead to more points. So I'm thinking something along the lines of maybe a 31 to 17 victory here for the Colts, which makes me go with the over. So seeing everything the same way as you. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going across the country to visit your New York Jets. Raiders favored by three whoa, points. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say Did that I say again. Jets? Did I say Jets? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. New York football giants. Pardon me. Pardon my French there. Got a little bit ahead of myself talking about the Jets. I, I said fuck you three times and you still said the worst thing. <laughs> I am very insulted here by the fuckies. My uh, virgin ear sensitivity is uh, <laughs> falling apart here. Uh, my innocence is shattered. Zach, how could you do that to me? But no, they are facing your Giants, who came off playing the Chiefs very close. Felt like a loss for the Chiefs watching that Monday night game last week. Raiders still favored by three on the road, going across country. They have dealt with, without a doubt, a tremendous amount of adversity over the last few weeks. With everything that came out with Gruden, with the recent kind of horrible Henry Rugg situation, which, man, it is, it's tough to see someone that young throw their career away like he did with one decision. And I know he was probably blacked out. He probably had no idea what he was doing. Still, man, the details of that were, I was a bit surprised when they immediately released him. And once I saw the details where he was going 156 and over double the legal limit, man, that's a rough situation, and that's going to be a rough situation for the team to deal with. When you factor in going across country, dealing with something like that with Rugs right after dealing with something like that with Gruden, that's that's tough, man. That is tough, especially paper by three points on the road. I'm actually going to take the Giants in this one, even though I do think the Raiders are a better team. I think having Rugs on the field really does change the way that offense can operate. As I mean. He is a legitimate speed threat field stretcher that opens things up for the rest of the team. I don't know that they have that guy with rugs gone. I don't know that Carr has a tremendous amount of options to throw to right now. And I think that that's just a lot of adversity to deal with while going cross country, playing an early game when way ahead of your internal clock. I think it's a slip up spot. I'm going to take the Giants. I actually think I would take the Giants went outright in this one, even though. Man, that, that Raiders line on the defense against the Giants' offensive line, that scares me. That scares me a lot. I don't trust that one one bit. 
So for that reason, I think this is going to be a game where the Raiders offense struggles a bit. I don't think the Giants are going to have a juggernaut offense, but a little bit healthier than in previous weeks. I think there's going to be some rough drives where they go, you know, really quickly three and out and the Raiders line just dominates off the snap. But I think they'll string enough points together to win. I'm going to take the under and the Giants in this one. Uh, it seems like uh, you see things pretty differently than me in this one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard to. And it's not even me trying to put, like, bias in it, like, oh, my team sucks. But I don't know, man. Like, uh, well, first, just a touch. I mean, you spoke on most of it. I mean, it does suck to see, like, a young player, someone who's probably, I believe, younger than us. I mean, Henry Ruggs is only 22 years old. And, I mean, he completely threw his life away by just such a stupid decision for him to do. I mean... I don't, I don't mean to, like, simplify anything, but it's 3.30 in the morning, you're drinking, and it's like, I get it's Las Vegas, but are the, you really got to, like, 156, like, that is, like, insane. That is, like, literally only, like, 20 miles per hour less than, like, NASCAR drivers average in, like, a race. Like, the Indy 5. I mean, it's insane. It's sad. It's horrible. Um, I and really a 23-year-old girl and her dog are dead as a result. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, too, is, like, from what I understand, he was legitimately blacked out and had no idea kind of what he was even doing. You got to get a support group around yourself. If you're going to be doing something like that. I don't care if you're an NFL star or not, but if you're an NFL star, it's a lot easier to get that support group. I mean, like, I would bet good money. He's probably concussed after, you know, slamming, even rear ending a car going almost 160. But oh yeah. He's injured too. Yeah. 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 He his mugshot. He has a neck brace on, but anyway, um, I, I mean, I feel for this Raiders team. You know, the, the Raiders were a team that I haven't really been, like, fond of in recent years because I haven't liked the way they built. I felt like they've kind of overperformed and they've kind of been, you know, feel like they've kind of done their fans wrong in recent years in the sense that they win, like, they win these games that they shouldn't have. Like, they've been the Chiefs and, like, the Chargers and decent teams in recent years, and they just, like, finish on their 500. They just wind up disappointing. It's just false hope, but... Something's different this year. You know, I've really come to, like, appreciate Derek Carr, even after, like, his comments about, like, the whole Henry Ruggs and John Gruden situation. Like, that's a leader. Like, say what you want about his play style and, like, oh, if it's boring and blah, 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 which isn't really true nowadays. He's pushing the ball down the field. Like, I would say Derek Carr in terms of, like, leadership of the quarterback position. Like, he's probably – he would probably be in my top five in terms of just, like, that leadership quality. Like, I really am a big Derek Carr fan. And I'm also – a I like this Raiders team. I think they've been able to block out the um, outside noise. Granted, it's been very big, and they've still been able to perform. I mean, I think they're, at this point, they're close to a lock to be an AFC playoff team, barring injury, and against a Giants team that was in the news also for less serious reasons. But, I mean, not as stupid, but that whole Bose heads headset thing which was like so I embarrassing it. i mean yeah i mean I, i'm not even gonna get into it because we're going kind of long and we're only through game and a half but uh <laughs> yeah but, i mean basically joe judge said the headsets weren't working and bose like shot it down and the nfl shot it down and he just looked dumb because he doesn't know how to use timeouts and he's a dead man walking and that's what ties me into me taking the raiders even though what you said cross country you know, all this, you know, outside noise, but I just think they're a better team. And I feel like a fully healthy Darren Waller is supposed to play this week um, against the Giants team that has really struggled across the middle of the field. Whatever game plan they had in week one against the Ravens 
where I think he saw like 17 or 18 tar- targets or something like that. They should do that if I'm the Raiders. Just pepper him the ball. And, I mean, they should win pretty handily. I think I, I almost locked this game up in the line, honestly, both, which is a spoiler for my over-under. 46 and a half. I'm going to take the over here. I know you disagree with me. I just feel like the Raiders' uh, secondary, it's been very good this year. It has kind of uh, come back to earth a little bit, and I do trust Daniel Jones to be able to make some plays. He's been pretty good this year outside of that Rams debacle, and the Raiders, they'll be able to put up points. I get, you know, missing Henry Ruggs, obviously, but you have Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs will be back. Like, they have guys, they have... Derek Carr pushing the ball down the field. I think points will be scored. 46 and a half feels really low. I I like the over there, but we are going uh definitely taking up a little bit too much time. So we will keep things rolling. Next game, AFC North battle. We have two teams coming off insanely disappointing losses. The Cleveland Browns heading to Cincinnati. Aforementioned Cincinnati lost to the Jets and Mr. Mike White. Western Kentucky, great. Uh, the line in this game is Bengals by two and a half. I'm going to take the Bengals here. Um, I looks like you don't agree with me. I don't know, man. This team just feels a little Jekyll and Hyde to me. Like I said, like they beat the Ravens a week prior. I then lose to the Jets. I feel like Zach Taylor is taking steps forward, but against a bank against a Browns defense that you know has been playing really, really well. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can be able to make plays. I feel that Jamar Chase, you know, guys like that, T. Higgins, a guy like C.J. Uzama, who's been really good this year, not to mention Tyler Boyd. um, Those guys have been playing well. And the Browns' run defense is just, uh, you know, I think they're just kind of holding on by a thread. Not to say that they're awful, but I don't think they're a little overrated. So I feel like I can see a very balanced Bengals effort. I don't think it will be a blowout per se, but two and a half, that's a line too low. And, you know, since he had home, in-state rivalry, I like the Bengals in that situation. Over-under, 47. I'm going to take the under. Um, I could see this being like a 24-17 to 17 win for the Bengals. I think both defenses have been have been playing well enough outside of the uh, second-half Jets collapse by Cincinnati. But, um, yeah, I just... I think both defenses have been playing well enough, especially in the secondary, that points will be limited. 47 feels just a little bit high, especially for a rivalry game in the AFC North on a day that's probably going to be like in the 40-degree range. So, yeah. What do you think, Al? Yeah, I disagree mostly. Part I think of things I disagree with the strongest, uh, you mentioning the Browns' run defense not being strong was the most surprising to me. Uh they are currently leading the NFL in, uh, I believe, both run DVOA and definitely in yards allowed per attempt on the ground. No, I'm not, I wasn't saying that they were bad. My apologies if I misspoke. I was saying that, you know, one thing I noticed in the Steelers game, which I've kind of seen in weeks past, is that they kind of wear down towards the end. Like, I know Najee, I think he needed like 27 carries to get 95 yards. But, you know... The run de- if the run defense is playing better than any po- position on the defensive side of the ball, I'm like stuttering right now. I don't know why. That you know, I don't I don't really see that being an optimal value. I think there's different ways for it to get beaten. Oh, I, it's a good it's a good unit. I'm just saying that I think 
Um, it's not like the Bucks, is what I would say. Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I really like their run defense personally, but I, I think uh, for me the passing defense does scare me a little bit actually uh, with the Browns. There is a bit of concern for me that Jamar Chase does go off. I, I think that he matches up well against the Denzel Ward type. I hope they bracket him with John Johnson and Denzel Ward. I think that's what I would do if I was them. But I am going to take the Browns in this game. First off, no Odo Beckham. In theory, that would sound like a bad thing. For whatever reason, the Browns have performed so astronomically better without him. I, I said this preseason. I'm saying again now, and he's been told to not come to practice, not show up at all. I doubt he's playing in this game. He appears like he's going to get cut right now. Uh, I think that's for some reason that's a good thing for Baker Mayfield. He's been playing bad. He's playing hurt. He shouldn't be playing at all, really. But he is gutting it out, and I think that not having the distraction of Odell there will be a good thing for him. I also think we saw exactly how this Bengals team, or yeah, this Bengals team lost last week, was exactly the way in which the Browns like to play the game. Just spread them out, attack them on the ground, short passes, and just make this unit have to work for every single thing. I think the Browns could do that pretty well, especially in a must-win division game. I, I think the Bengals are reeling a little bit. I'm taking Stefanski over uh, over the, anyone on the Bengals coaching staff all day, every day. And I think this is a get-right game for them. That being said, I do think that it is going to be an offensive game. I think there's going to be a lot of yards on the ground for for the Browns. I think this is going to be a David and Joku game. I think that you're going to see some deep shots, some explosive plays taken for the uh, Browns. I do think it'll be a close game. I'm not super confident in it, but I think it's going to be an over, and I'm taking the Browns. So don't need to say too much there. It's going to be a fun game to watch, and a lot is on the line for both teams. Division matchup. Love to see it. Broncos at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by 10 points. As far as I'm aware, it appears like a lock that Dak Prescott's going to play. If he doesn't, I would be I think it, I think he said today that he's going to play. I think he said yeah. today he was going to play. Which makes me want to slam the Cowboys. If not, I'm 100% taking the Broncos. But really, man, you want to talk about a weak run defense. That is the Broncos without Vaughn Miller right now. I uh, – I think that this is going to be a feed Zeke, and uh, I, I think that this is going to be a bit of an offensive torching uh, with the Cowboys this week. And I, I like Fangio a lot. I do. I, I think he's going to be, if he's not a great coach, I still think he'll rebound as a great defensive coordinator again and maybe even get another chance to coach. I just think 100%. that it's a bad matchup against this Cowboys offense. I really do. And I think that separately – Cowboys are going to give up a couple points in this game. I don't think their defense is as strong as it showed last week. I think that they'll be able to put together, especially with Judy back healthy. There's enough pieces there that I think they'll move the ball. I think that they would have moved the ball a bit better last year without some weird turnover luck. So, yeah, I'm taking the over and I'm taking the Cowboys, and I think it is going to be something along the lines of like a 34-24 to type. Or that would make a break even. Let's say 34-21 type game. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I just pulled a uh, lockstep Jensen move right here. I switched my over on their pick in this game. Let's it kind of convinced me. But, uh, yeah, so now we're seeing even. I was going to take the under 49 and a half, but I'm going to go with the over now just because I do kind of agree with you. Like, the, 
Cowboys have looked awesome. I don't think that defense is, um, you know, as good as people are saying, as said by the uh, many Trayvon Diggs defensive player of the year <laughs> takes, which were entirely inaccurate. Even a couple yes. MVP takes that I saw, which, you know, made me want to gouge my eyes out. But, yeah, I'm going to take remember when Antonio Marty just went off that one year? Yeah, I think he equaled his uh, ch- child amount in interceptions or something like that. Yeah, someone was like, and then it just never happened again. But, like, teams didn't stop targeting him. He didn't stop giving up big plays, but he just got a ton of picks and a ton of pass breakups. It's kind of what it reminds me of. And I like Trayvon Diggs. I, I'm a big yeah, Trayvon Diggs believer. I, I, but. I, like Tra- I, I do like Trayvon Diggs. I feel like he was uh, a little extra malign during that whole draft process because he's not the best athlete in the world but um regardless he's not the athlete his brother is for sure yeah yeah definitely he's not as loose um anyway so yeah i'm gonna take the over in terms of the line i'm with you also um when i talked about the raiders before and how i think they could handle adversity very well basically the bizarro version of the Broncos like this just feels like a team that has a chance to maybe fall on its face which really sucks because like man like the last two years like they the Broncos have been a team where like I love I like Vic Fangio as much as you and you look at that roster and you're like you know if they get good quarterback play they can win double digit games and you know what you know what team that also sounds like that we're going to get to in a uh, little bit the Vikings and I could also make the argument that between Mike Zimmer and Vic Fangio, both older defensive coordinators, I can't really think of any other head coaches that have done less with more. Because looking at those teams on paper, I feel like they're both really good teams. They haven't been playing as well. Um, in terms of the Broncos, Patrick Sertain against CeeDee Lamb, that'll be a super fun matchup. I mean... I'm at, I'm actually excited about that. Hopefully they get matched up a decent bit there. But I do agree with you. I think the Cowboys uh, do let up some points, but I think that offense will be able to score in a bunch of ways. So I will take Dallas minus 10 in this game. Moving on, our game of the week. We have the Houston Texans heading to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Both teams 1-7. and seven. And I was didn't really have – I should have looked this up. I told myself I was going to. Last time two teams like with like one win or in last place went up against each other and one was favored by almost a touchdown. The line has dropped since then. Um, I believe it opened at like seven. It's now down to Dolphins five and a half, which is the number we have. I'm still going to take the Dolphins here just for the sense that I'll say it every week. And I'm sorry if the analysis is lazy, but – I just do not trust Houston to score unless it's like the Rams game at the end where they basically were just like, yeah, come on. It's like offense only practice mode in Madden, like to just let them move down the field. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, being in all the Watson rumors and those aren't going to end. And, you know, Brian Flores basically coaching for his job, which is like an insane thing to say. I mean, who would have thought we'd be like literally saying that before the beginning of the year? But, um, yeah, I just feel like they're going to be motivated. This is a perfect chance for Tua to uh, ball out. I'm a very big Tua fan. That's another uh, discussion you and me need to have. Uh, for, the, for the listeners listening to home, uh, Alex 
me and Alex had a very mini debate off off camera about who we would prefer to have, Daniel Jones or Tua Tungabailoa. I said Tua. He said Daniel Jones. You can make your own opinion. I'm right, though. But, yeah, I do think the Dolphins will win. Oh, you've come around to Daniel Jones? I said, I think I'm right. Yeah, and you said you said you were right, which would mean that you've come over to the Daniel Jones side. Nah, then I would be wrong. <laughs> you see, the you see the way the equation works is Tua Tungavailoa right, Daniel Jones wrong. Don't make me crap. Up if you're going by like which quarterback is more disliked by teammates that are trying to make their career, you got to go Tua Tungavailoa in that one. But otherwise, <laughs> wow, you got to go wow, Daniel some Jones. Shots. Some shots at the Dolphins fans. Come on, man. They've been, they've been uh, through enough. But, uh, yeah, I'll take the Dolphins. The Dolphins fans I, want Deshaun the Watson. They don't I want think. Yeah, I know. It's actually kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, five and a half. Going to take the Dolphins here, even though both teams are one and seven. Over, under, 46 and a half. I'm going to take the under here. Um, I do think the Dolphins could put up a decent amount of points. But, like I said, I don't think this is going to be a Rams situation where the, the Texans are just going to get back in the game. And I understand Tyrod Taylor will likely start this game, but still, I just don't trust that. I, I don't trust, you know, outside of Brandon Cooks, anybody really on this offense. So I'm going to take the under here. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I'm actually switching uh, switching my picks here on this one from what I have jotted, jotted down. Let me guess. You did not know Tyrod Taylor was start. Tyrod, I'm sorry. Tyrod No, I don't even know. I don't know if he is starting for sure or not. I don't really care. I think Cully, uh, Cully said he was today. That actually makes me a little bit less confident in picking the Texans in this one, which sounds weird. But, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that is really, here's the thing. really odd. <laughs> for everything Davis Mills isn't, he's actually been really good under pressure because he just doesn't care if he's under pressure or not. And I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, okay, when have the Texans looked good this year? And it was when they played the Patriots. That's the only time they've looked good, uh, except for week one, obviously. I, I think that their offense matches up really well for whatever reason against this Patriots man blitz-heavy scheme that also is being run in Miami. I also think that Tua is going to be under pressure a ton. Jonathan Greenard, one of my draft crushes a couple years ago, breaking out right now. He's looking really good. Grenard. I love him. Yeah, well, not you even, would. Not yeah. even the Florida homer in me. I just, oh, I yeah. I just, man, he had some vines. I wanted him on the Seahawks so bad. So bad. I, I would have taken him late in the first, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I, so Jonathan Greenard actually looking like a piece on the team. I think he'll get after two a little bit. But uh, I think it just comes down to uh, I don't trust Miami to stop this team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the Texans in this one if you're giving me five and a half points. I think they're both bad teams, and I think the either one could win the game. And I think that uh, they're going to score enough points to keep it close. And I also initially had the uh, under on this one. I'm switching to the over. I, I think that both defenses are bad. I, I think that Miami, where I do actually like the play callers, I think that it's so risk it for the biscuit right now that it's just kind of become this thing of like, we need to generate turnovers so much so that they're sending ridiculous blitzes and giving up a tremendous amount of big plays in pursuit of turnovers. And they haven't been able to generate um, sacks based off pressure. They get pressure to high rate, not sending it home. So that said, I am switching to the Texans and the over in this one. And, uh, 
You know, I actually feel decent about it. It's going to be, it's going to add some intrigue to Alex, an otherwise Alex very boring just, game. Uh, just take it away. His uh, lead over me. You, you love to hate to see it. It makes an interesting game out of a game that would not be fun to watch that we are both on the other side of the bets on this one. Division game, Falcons at the Saints. We do not officially know who is going to be starting for the Saints, I believe. Probably Taysom, maybe Trevor Samian. Uh, it appears that they are not going to be uh, starting Ian Book, who uh, I was shocked when they took in the fourth round. <laughs> I, it yeah. still makes no sense to me. And really, if Trevor really Simeon's gross. already ahead of both him and Taysom, I don't get what they're doing down there. Saints favored by six and a half points at home. I think that's fair. I'm taking the Saints in this one. I, uh, I think particularly if Taysom's out there, man, this Falcons team, I, I think they have one really good player in AJ Terrell who looks like a legitimate star right now. He has been very, very good this year. Uh, that being said, they've got nothing in the front seven. Outside of Grady Jarrett, I do not think I, that I was this... about to say. I was about to say. I was like, outside of Grady Jarrett. Snuff Grady Jarrett. No, no, no. Grady Jarrett's the greatest, but um, the greatest. But uh, I, I think the Saints are going to have a very easy time scheming around him. I think they still have a very strong offensive line that's coming to health. I think Alvin Kamara is going to go the hell off. I, I think that if they are starting Taysom. They can really expose some weaknesses in that Falcons defense front seven. And I, I think that it's going to be a game in which that offense finally eats even without Jameis. And uh, for a similar reason, the over-under in this game is 42 points. I, I think that as good as the Saints defense is, and it is good and it is getting healthier again, I, I think that I, I personally respect Arthur Smith quite a bit. I, I think that, they have the pieces there to score points on the board. It's a division matchup. They're going to come out fired up. They actually have a shot in this uh, NFC to make a, a wild card spot. Both teams do right now, which seems crazy, but they're in the mix. So uh, I think it's going to be an over. I, I almost locked up the over on this one, but there's just a little too many wild cards for me to lock it up. But yeah, I'm going with the Saints and I'm taking the over. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I am in a lockstep with you. Lockstep. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I like the Saints in this matchup. The Falcons last week, I really thought they would be able to eke out a win against the Panthers. That entire offense just completely fell on its face, which, I mean, is what they need to stay competitive. Like, I believe they're 3-4 and four now, if I'm not mistaken. They could have – I mean, the Falcons with that win, they could have been riding the thick of that uh, seventh seed race at the NFC, and they just – they showed that they are not a team that is a playoff team whatsoever. I mean, after Matt Ryan had been playing really well for – the last few weeks, he played horrifically. And, yeah, I mean, everybody else. I mean, the Calvin Ridley news kind of sucks. Hopefully hopefully he gets better. Hopefully, you know, he does he does himself well, focuses on himself, and we get to see him back out there soon. Kyle Pitts, I mean, just like the inconsistencies with using him is just so, so embarrassing. Like, it really is. Like, he's probably especially with Ridley gone he's the most talented player on that offense and the fact that they are not like peppering him targets is kind of insane because I'm he's getting open they're just you know they rather throw to god I don't I don't even know another wide receiver because I know Russell, Russell Gage has been hurt yeah Russell Gage who else is on that team that's a wide receiver they use they use Patterson know. ridiculously yeah Pat yeah I mean they love Cordero Patterson which I mean they have awesome. I, their offense has been good for how few pieces they actually have and whatever the hell. I don't know. I know it's 
getting in mental health right in some capacity, but we don't know exactly what's going on with Calvary there. At least I don't. Yeah. I mean, they completely, they completely flubbed uh, their chances to make a, to make their mark last week against the Panthers. I don't trust them to do so against the saints, a team that, well, I do like Arthur Smith too. Um, I just think that entire coaching staff is in a league higher than Atlanta. So I'll take the saints there 42 over on there. I'm with you also. Um, just feel super low. I get Trevor Simeon might be starting or Taysom Hill or whoever, but in a dome, both teams used to that. And, you know, the ability that for both offenses to put some points on the board could be a very big Alvin Kamara game. I will say could see, uh, I think so. Pretty, pretty healthy game from him. I'll take the over there. I feel like that line is kind of low. I understand it, but it will seeing Falcons and saints over on their 42, like it's kind of weird it's very very it is but uh, gotta give a quick shout out to my favorite unit in the nfl right now juicy boys over in new orleans and uh rising star in the league saints linebacker coach michael hodges i I think that they're going to do a pretty good job against kyle pitts as well yeah i mean they shouldn't knowing uh the way the falcons offense operates he'll probably have like a 10 for 127 yard game but anyway, um, moving on, we have Mac Jones and the New England Patriots heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Patriots favored on the road by three and a half. I like the Pats in this game. I think they're really starting to come into their own. Uh, we can talk about Mac Jones and, you know, how he's probably either one or two for offensive rookie of the year. And I do like how that offense is playing. The offensive line has come onto it. So Michael Onwenu last week was like... As good as you could possibly play against Joey Bosa, who's who might be a top fifteen overall player in the league. Like that was a superstar performance by a guy who is a fledging superstar. But I do want to talk about one aspect of the Patriots. For people who've been following like me and my draft work for a while, know how much I love Christian Barmore last week or last year, last draft cycle. Like I thought he was like a Fletcher Cox talent. I did not understand why he was not getting the hype because this was a guy who was like consistently getting into the backfield. I think he finished last season for Bama with eight sacks, but people were just like, oh, he's not finishing sacks. But I was like, but he's getting into the backfield. So, I mean, he's doing something right. Um, I get finishing the play, but he has been arguably the most impressive rookie. Defensive rookie of the year is actually actually like a super – fun race right now between him, Micah Parsons, Azizio Zulari, Adolfe Owe, even guys like Eric Stokes. I'm definitely missing a few guys, but um, it's it's definitely a fun race. And just like I feel like the Patriots offense is starting to come into its own, the defense has been playing a lot better too, starting to hit their groove. And against a, another kind of Jekyll and Hyde team in Carolina, even though they're on the road, I think Bill Belichick will – be able to outcoach and outsmart Matt Rule. So I'll take the Patriots here. Over under is 41. I feel like that is also kind of low. Like I said, that Panthers defense has been really good, but both teams going to try and push the ball down the field, try and exploit any weaknesses they can in other teams in the opposite team's defense. I don't know, man. 41, it looks like you disagree with me on that end. But, uh... That that just feels, is that the lowest line of the week? No, no, no. It's the uh, Monday Night Football extravaganza, which we'll get to last. But 
Uh, second lowest line of the week. I just think uh, they'll be able to put points on the board, split the weakness weaknesses in each other's defense, and yeah, I think it could actually. I almost locked that pick up because I felt forty one was really low. What do you think? I'm I'm gonna take the Patriots as well. I don't feel as gung ho about it as you do. I'm in three and a half on the road, both four and four teams. I wish it was two and a half point. I wish it was two and a half point line. I think this is the type of game that could be decided by a field goal personally. Um, I believe that Darnold right now, if the game were today, he would not be playing. I believe he's still in concussion protocol. So uh, potentially no Darnold might be seeing uh, PJ Walker at the back end there right now. I, I think he might be uh, getting ready to play in this one. And that is the deciding factor for me personally. I think we will see uh, CMC back. I think there's pieces there, but man, I uh, PJ Walker going up against the Patriots defense is seemed to have figured things out a little bit. That's that's a tough ask, and uh, I do think that this Patriots offensive line shoots up well against that blitz attack by the uh, Panthers. I love this Panther squad, you know it. So it hurts against them, but this just doesn't feel like the week for me. That being said, I am going with the under. It is a pretty low over-under, 41 points. That being said, Panthers the last two weeks have been averaging just a 30-point total in the games. Patriots on this one, I kind of expect this to be a very dink-and-dunk style approach by them. I don't think they have the playmakers torching deep. I think we looked at last week when Carolina played against Atlanta – I think that that's a very similar offense to what the Patriots are running right now. And I think that we could see a similar type thing, which Bogs only put up 13 points against this uh, Panthers defense. I do think having Shaq Thompson back, which shout out Shaq Thompson, the worst minor leaguer in the history of the Boston Red Sox program. I believe he struck out in close to 90% of his at-bats. Not many people know that. He did not play on scholarship his last year at UW. Boston Red Sox. He signed with the Boston Red Sox for like 100000 in the MLB draft out of nowhere, never having played baseball, and was hot trash. Not sure what that was about, but he's been a real difference maker when healthy this year. They gave up 34 points without him. With him, they have not come close to that. So I think it's going to be a little scoring game, man. I think that we could see this one be like a 19-14 type game. And uh, taking the Patriots, taking the under – Going to hold my nose taken, though, because that's a very low under. Speaking of holding your nose, the Bills going down to Florida, visiting the Jaguars, fighting Urban Myers. Biggest line of the week, Bills laying 14 and a half points, more than two touchdowns. I don't care. I'm going to take the Bills. I watched my Seahawks absolutely destroy this Jacksonville team. I mean – it was one of the most dominant performances I have seen all week. I think the only thing I've seen more dominant was when this same Bills team just ate the, che- the Texans breakfast, lunch, and dinner a few weeks back. Man, if Geno Smith can look like genuinely the best quarterback in the NFL for a game against the team, what is Josh Allen going to look like? I, I, I think that this is one of the best coached and also most complete units in the entire NFL, on both sides of the ball, the Bills, for me, are the best team in the NFL right now. Maybe the Bucks are up there. I don't know. But for me, they're probably team. Definitely the class of the AFC for me right now. And the Jaguars just, 
man, they've got a couple of nice pieces, but they've got weaknesses all over the place. Quarterback play hasn't been what we kind of hoped. He's we've seen a lot of uh, rookie rookie style mistakes. We've seen a lot of rookie style coaching on both sides of the ball, and there are some just glaring holes on that defense. So I, I think this one's going to be a very very ugly game. Forty eight and a half point over under. I'm taking the over on it. I, I think that there's a world in which the Bills just shut them down. But I mean, when you've got a generational quarterback back there, and you've got a bunch of opportunities for garbage time. I think there's going to be some garbage time points coming up. I think that they're definitely going to have the incentive to do it. I'm honestly a little worried about some backdoor coverage in this game just because I think it's going to get so out of hand so quickly and they're going to let Trevor get to work. But uh, I don't see anything stopping this Bills offense in this game. So I don't want to be sitting there hoping that they get a field goal instead of a touchdown or something like that. If I'm going to be watching the game, I want to root for the over on this one, and I am going to. What about you, Zach? Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep things short and sweet. Uh, well, I'm going to take the Bills. The backdoor cover, obviously, 14 and a half. You are always going to worry about that. But as you point out, if Geno Smith could do that to the Jaguars and Josh Allen could do like unspeakably disgusting things to that defense, um, I would argue it's the worst coach team in the NFL. And no offense to like your Seahawks, but there's no reason why that these that offense is currently constructed, especially in the holes, given the uh, on the opposite side for the Seahawks on the defense. There's no reason why they should have looked that dominant, like objectively, in my opinion, uh, against the Jaguars team that does have talent. Like, let's not act like this offense is like complete garbage. Like, we all know Trevor Lawrence talent. Marvin Jones is a good receiver. Uh, I know James Robinson got hurt. The offensive line has just been putrid and. The defense is on another level of embarrassing, so I can't trust the Jaguars at all. I'm going to take the Bills, but I will differ on you. I am going to take the under here. I don't feel great about it, but it kind of ties into that point of I think it's an awful, awful matchup for Trevor Lawrence. I kind of want to see him find his footing, obviously. I'm sure you do too, but the week nine is a good be to start of that for him. Uh, he's going to struggle. He'll probably have a couple turnovers against his team, and Think it could get ugly really, really quickly. Bills will take their foot off the gas. And not saying that the Jaguars aren't going to score at all, but, you know, if we see, you know, maybe like a 30 to like 31 to like 10, 31 to 13 victory for Buffalo, I, I can definitely see that on the horizon. So I'll take the under here. Like I said, don't feel all that good about it, but I don't think the over is as locked in as. You do. Um, moving on, we have the disappointing Minnesota Vikings heading to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens coming off their bye week and a week prior, a disappointing loss. Battle of the two purple teams. So, I mean... Hate to see it. Purple on purple violence. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's a shame. Ravens favored by <laughs> six points. I'm going to take the Ravens here um, at home. I think they're going to be, you know, they're obviously super embarrassed about that loss to Cincinnati, especially seeing that same team that boat race them blow like a 20-plus point lead against the New York Jets. So I think the Ravens are going to come out motivated. The Vikings have all the makings of a team that, you know, I would be stunned. I'm sure you agree with me. Interrupt me or, like, cut me off if you don't. But Mike Zimmer's tenure is on its way out. So... I think when a team sees it like that, 
Okay, now you gotta explain. For the, for those who didn't see, because we're not on video, Alex did like that little, you know, shaking hand thing. Like I, I don't think that he's necessarily gone. I, I think I but think there's a gone. I think if they miss the I think as long as they don't make the NFC championship game, or if they don't win if they don't make it to the NFC championship game, he's gone. I think that would be a mistake for sure. I think he's a good coach. Um and I think that he's kind of He's elevated this team year in, year out for me personally. I 100%. I actually greatly disagree on it. I don't want to get into a whole Mike Zimmer discussion, but I, <laughs> I look at that I look at that Vikings team, and like Kirk Cousins is playing excellent. The receivers are awesome. It looks like they found a gem of receiver in KJ Osborne who's been playing really well. And the defense, I mean, the secondary just hasn't been that good. And – Every everything else like it's a solid unit. Christian Darius looked good in his first few games. I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't think this team is going to be playing as hard for you know Coach Zimmer, especially given all the uh, you know clock management mistakes. I really like the Ravens in this six. It was one of my choices for a lock. I actually feel really really good about it. There there's a game that I like a little bit more, but I really like Baltimore here and. <laughs> 50 being the over-under. I also like the under, kind of similar to Bills-Jags. 50 points. I mean, it's in the same range. I don't feel fantastic about it. But at the end of the day, I think both teams are going to be running the ball a lot. It's going to be a af- late afternoon game in Baltimore where uh, it's probably going to be a little cold out. This is where I'm going to start. If you haven't noticed, it's the second time he's saying that today. This is my going to start factoring weather into the picks kind of like you know people used to do for fantasy and the uh, kickers but um no but yeah i do think both teams are going to rely heavily on the ground game obviously the ravens and the vikings you know they didn't they didn't do a good job against zeke elliott so you know given the lamar jackson and the run scheme coordinated by greg roman i don't know i just feel like the ravens are going to beat them pre- i'm I would say like 24 to 14. Just giving out a basic score. I like the Ravens here. So I'll take the under. It looks like you completely disagree with me. Yeah, I'm I definitely actually, do. I'm actually surprised because I feel really good about this game. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I definitely disagree with you here. Um, I think the Ravens are a good team. I don't know. I'm not like offended that they're six point favorites in it at home. That being said, I think that this is kind of the matchup you want when you've got. Uh, Zimmer Kirk Cousins combo. I think this is what you want to be going up against. You want to be going up against Blitz Heavy Man because that is what Kirk Cousins historically always eats against. He's, for whatever reason, historically, 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 historically horrible against the Pete Carroll Seattle Cover Three scheme, which is what he went up against last week and looked bad, as he often does against it, for whatever reason. Uh, but against the Blitz and against Man, he eats. Every time for some reason, and that is what the Ravens run successfully. I think that for Zimmer, what you want to have is go up against a defense that struggles to pass the ball deep and is just struggles with precision passing and wants to run the ball down your throat. I think that's exactly what Zimmer wants. I think that starting to see a healthy, I almost said Martin Emerson, but Cam Dancer back, uh, I think is a big X factor for them. I do think that Patrick Peterson, Rashad Breeland, not a good situation. They are kind of screwed at quarterback. They had a first-round pick that just decided he was going to throw his career away, and uh, they had to deal with repercussions of that. Uh, I like Zimmer as a coach. I think that his specific defensive scheme 
is set up to work very well against Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar is definitely capable of orchestrating a precision passing attack, but it's a lot to ask of him and it's not where he's the most comfortable. Uh, so I think that six is too many points for me in this one. Personally, I, I think I'd probably take the Ravens to win the game outright, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. If what I think will be a very motivated Vikings team does pull off the victory on the road. And I also think for what I talked about earlier, 50 points, I'm taking the over on this one. I think that Lamar is capable of stringing together. If I think they're winning the game, I certainly think that he's capable of stringing together a ton of good drives. He's looked much better as a patch this year for me personally. He's been much more accurate, especially over the middle, which is where I think they're going to eat in this particular game. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to put up a ton of points too. So I think this is going to be the type of game that winds up 31 to 28 or something like that with uh, the Ravens just barely edging it out. So, yeah, I see it very differently than you personally. It's all good, man. Listen, like I said, I'm always right. You're always wrong. So it is. <laughs> Here's a game that I feel very strongly about, though. We have the Los Angeles Chargers coming off a couple rough weeks for them on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Chargers are favored by one and a half on the road. And I am taking the Chargers in this one. I, I think it is a little bit surprising to me at the line where it is. I think it's a bit of an overreaction to their two losses against the Ravens and the Patriots. I think those are just really bad matchups for what they want to do. As someone, I'm doing the uh, mock this week for Sports Illustrated, and uh, one of my favorite picks I've been able to fit in there is Jordan Davis on this Chargers team because that's really what they need. They've been getting gashed on the ground quite a bit, and I think that is worth noting that last week, instead of just trying to run their offense as normal against Detroit team that was pretty solidly beaten from the first quarter on, they decided to implement a power run game in Philadelphia, which I did notice. I did notice and I found pretty interesting uh, given who they're going up against this week. So that's the one X factor I'm a little interested in. That being said, Jalen Hurts and Boston Scott are not striking fear into the heart of me the same way the Patriots with Mac Jones and that power offensive line and particularly not Lamar Jackson strike into me from a run standpoint. And I also think that this is a great matchup for the Chargers offense. I think this is a get right week for them. And I think they're able to win this one somewhat soundly on the road. And for that reason, 50 point over under decent over under for this one. I am locking up the over in it. I think that like I mentioned, I do think that we're going to see a good offensive game plan from the Eagles. I'm actually a bit of a fan of Nick Sirianni. I think he's a decent coach and doesn't have a ton to work with there. I am too. So I, I think he's been getting a lot more hate than he deserves personally. I think they'll do enough to keep it somewhat close in this one. I think it's going to be a run-heavy game for them, and I think that we're going to see a lot of explosive plays out of the charge in this one. So I feel very good about the over. Zach, how do you see it? Uh, well, I definitely agree with you in the sense that I think the line is embarrassing. I understand, you know, the Chargers have lost to the Ravens and Patriots, two teams that are playoff teams. I don't see the Eagles that way. I feel like the Eagles have kind of squeaked out some victories against some lesser opponents or inconsistent opponents. I don't trust Jalen Squeaked Hurts. out might be a, an understatement for what they did last week. I think yeah. when they go up against a team that's got the same talent level as them, they kind of blown them out, but they just don't have the talent as most teams. I think the Eagles are pretty are more talented than the Lions. Like yeah, I think, for sure. Like 
I just no, they blew them the, the Eagles, last week. The, which is an indictment on Detroit. I get I get Detroit's rebuilding, but I also feel that the Eagles aren't a very good team, and I would easily say that's a better roster than Detroit has. But anyway, sure. um, yeah, I I feel like the Chargers are going to get back in a groove this week. Justin Herberts is a, Justin Herbert. This is a uh, good matchup for him. Uh, I think Austin Eckler could have a really big game. I don't think they're going to need to do that much in this game, to be honest. You know, people are expecting Herbert to, you know, be the next like Mahomes, which was like the hype after week three, which I always thought was a little ridiculous after like that Cowboys win. I like Justin Herbert. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he is um, in that like upper, upper echelon yet. But You're about to be a bit of a young deck when I watch you play. A little bit, I guess. Um, I think he's kind of like more, and it's not really a comp. It's he's more of what he's more of what people wanted Wentz to be. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Like what people expected from Wentz, it's like, oh, you're getting it now with Justin Herbert. But and I'm sure, in, which is funny because both of them coming out as draft prospects, I feel like more people definitely liked Wentz more than they liked For Herbert. Sure. Yeah. So. But I do think this is a good matchup for him. It's a good bounce-back spot for Brandon Staley. So I like the Chargers here. I'm going to go against you again. I'm on a little bit of an under-tear. I did pick a fair share of my under-picks this week. Um, I'm going to go under here. Like I said, I don't think the Chargers are going to have to do that much. I think the Eagles are going to struggle against this defense. You know, not having the personnel to take advantage of this really good Chargers run defense. And I get you could say, oh, running backs don't matter. But at the same time, like, I like Boston Scott. I don't trust him to rush for, like, 100 yards against this Chargers team. And if they do, then L.A. has some uh, massive problems on that defensive line. But I like the under here. Um, I don't know. It's just combine that with... The fact that if Hertz doesn't play that well, maybe we see Minshew or something like that. I'm not sure. I think Hertz might have like 100 plus yards rushing. I think that's I mean, within the yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, he might have to because this uh pass rush on the Chargers has been pretty good in recent weeks and Bosa. Yeah. But yes, Bosa. Outside of I, it, I like Nwosu. Nwosu is a good rusher. They have some guys. They can rush the pass, so they just can't stop the run. I don't know. It's a, it, They're a very weird unit where, like, you look they at are. the players and you're like, I like these guys. And then it's like, oh, this is kind of like a weird fit. Like, they're, like, good at this, really bad at this, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I'm going to take the under. Jim Jordan game. Davis. That's what I want to see. Make yeah, it happen. I mean, that is, that's probably my favorite prospect of team fit so far. Or one of them, at least. Moving on is... um. I also really like the cave on to Detroit fit, not just because it's the best player going to the worst team at number one, but like I really, really like that fit. Moving on, though, we have what was expected to be the game of the week, now kind of dumbed down a little bit, but I'm still very much intrigued by it. Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by seven and a half. We get Jordan Love against Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take the Packers here. I just haven't seen, like, the. I don't think this Chiefs team, and let me say this caveat, I think they get it going. I did a playoff predictor 
halfway point a few days ago. I have the Chiefs finishing with 11 wins. Like, I think they somewhat find their footing. I do think they finish in that 11 to 10 or that 10 to 11 win range. But at the same time, we can't forget how good of a coach Malafleur is. And, you know, Jordan Love has been getting the reps. He's been learning from Rodgers and stuff. I think they're going to have a good game plan with him. Combine that with Devontae Adams coming back from the COVID list, activated today. Should be completely good to go for Sunday. I I would like to ch- I like the Chiefs to win outright. I definitely think it's going to be closer. I would not be surprised given recent events. I mean, the Chiefs almost lost to the Giants. I mean, give me a break. Like, you can't tell me, even with Jordan Love, that this Packers team that is ultra-talented on both sides of the ball cannot put up a good fight against the Chiefs. Seven and a half feels way, way, way too big. I'm going to take the Packers here over under 48. I'm also going to take the over here. Listen, man, I mean, the over for the Chiefs method that I've been using and that Alex has been using kind of burned us last week, but um, I think this is a good matchup for them. I feel that, you know, Jair Alexander, I'm not even sure if he's going to play Jair Alexander. I'm not, I don't believe so, but um, I like Eric Stokes. I think Mahomes could have a decent day against the secondary. I also think Jordan Love could obviously have a pretty good game. Like, you can't tell me that Jordan Love is like, this isn't like them trotting out Brandon Allen or like Ryan Finley or like some bad back. Like, Jordan Love has talent. I think he could have a decent performance. And regardless of who wins, I think points will get put up. So I really like this overpick. What do you think, Alex? I, Jordan Love, he has talent. He has chaos, though, too. Like, he could come out and have one of the worst games I've ever seen and it wouldn't shock me. Neither would it shock me if he just goes off against this team. I, I want to ask you one quick question before I get into mine. I have in front of me the numbers for what percentage of the cash is on which team. What percentage of the cash, so not the total tickets, but the cash, do you think is on Green Bay right now? It's probably something ridiculous. I'm going to say 94%. Wait, really? Do you have the number up in front of you? Is it actually? Yo. It's, 90. <laughs> Yo, it's 94%. Deets Stradamus. Let's go. Is it actually? That's if crazy. you didn't have that in front of you, that's actually ridiculous. Uh, yeah. It is 94% way. of the cash on Green Bay, which is amazing to me. Uh, I don't get it. I'm, uh, I'm taking the Chiefs on this one. For one thing... We're assuming Jordan Love's going to play because they don't have uh, Aaron Rodgers, which, man, that whole thing was ridiculous and a bad look. A bad look. Like, if you're not going to be vaccinated, why just not just say, I'm not vaccinated instead of I'm immunized? Like, what, what is that? Especially when you had this whole media circus preseason. It's just like, what are you doing, man? But uh, with that said, also, the third-string quarterback's out. I believe the quarterback coach is out as well, all with COVID. Devontae Adams just missed with COVID. I, I'm a little bit worried that Jordan Love is also going to miss this game with COVID because that would make a lot of sense given the people that he was around. Also, in doubt for this game right now, Devontae Adams still on the reserve COVID-19 list. Aaron Rodgers, COVID-19 list. Jerry Robinson still on the IR, AC joint. Marquez Valdez-Santling can return from the IR, but still on the IR. Uh, Myers, their center, out on the IR, which is a big, big factor given uh, some of the interior pressure Kansas City can bring. And Zadarius Smith still on the IR. That is a rough list of people to be missing going up against a team like the Chiefs. Uh, 
man, if both squads were fully healthy, I'm taking, even if you kept it the neutral line, I am definitely taking the Packers in this. I mentioned it time and time again. I think I think Lafleur is the best coach in the NFL. I actually do think that right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Really? Yeah, I do. Right now, I think if you're talking about today, not over the course of their career, but today, one game, neutral lineup, Lafleur for me is the guy. I think he's been uh, a I part of. I think he's in the top. He's definitely a top tier. I don't know if I would say one. I would. I would best I offense don't for think he would be my number one. Big team. factor in the best offense for both Shanahan's and also McVay, and had the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And the craziest thing of all of it, Aaron Rodgers respects him. Like that's the most ridiculous thing out of all of it. Like, I, I man, for me, it's Lafleur. It's Lafleur. I think he's a phenomenal, at least, offensive coach. Andy Reid on the other side, you can make a case for as well, but hasn't looked like it this year. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one. It's a big line. It is a big line. But I think there's going to be a hungry Chiefs team. And I just don't know that the Packers have the pieces healthy right now to really contend with them like most teams can. 48 points, I'm definitely taking the over. If Jordan Love's out there, they're either scoring touchdowns or he's throwing interceptions. And either way, that's leading to points. So I feel very good about points getting put on the board. I do think there's going to be a get-right week for Mahomes as well. I have to take the Chiefs. Really sad we don't get to see Rodgers Mahomes. That's a bummer. Cardinals at the 49ers. For me, this is the most surprising line of the week. Cardinals favored by one point on the road. Man, I didn't get to go to locks first. You didn't. I get Kyler Murray is banged up. Even a slight chance he won't play. He has both a hand and a foot injury. Last year, they came out guns a-blazing, and then Kyler Murray started to get hurt, and the wheels kind of fell off. I guess that could happen again. I don't trust this 49ers team either way. I definitely think if Kyler Murray's out there, they match up very well against this defense. We did see last time, I think they played, it was, what, 17-10, to 10, I believe, in their matchup earlier this year. I, I don't get why the Cardinals are favored by just one point here in this one. So I'm definitely going the Cardinals. I'm feeling really good about it. I think they're the better offense. I think they have better defense. I think their defense matches up almost perfectly against what the 49ers want to do. I think they have the best linebacking core and to be going up against this 49ers run attack. And I think that their secondary issues will not really matter against either of the quarterbacks that the 49ers can trot out there. J.J. Watt is a big injury. That's a big piece to be missing. It's a shame. He seems like he gets hurt every year, and it always sucks. But I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. I do think Kyler Murray is going to be a little banged up. Maybe something along the lines of 21-13, to 13, something like that. Over-under, 46 points. Definitely taking the under in it. So, Cardinals in the under. Zach, I know you've got at least one strong opinion on this one. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, I'm going to lock this game up. Um, for all indications that I've seen, Kyler Murray's going to play this game. And if that's the case, his line is completely embarrassing. I understand they played relatively close last week. But um, I feel, man, a lot of, you know, a lot of the betting is probably in flux and whatnot. But... Still, this Cardinals team coming off a loss. Speaking of yeah, speaking of like being motivated to come off a loss. What about the what about the Cardinals? Who I mean, AJ Green kind of blew that game, but at the end of the day, this offense is just more talented, in my opinion. They have better players. The defense, despite the loss of JJ Watt, has taken a step forward from last year. The secondary has been surprisingly very, very good. I'm locking up the Cardinals minus one. I can't believe this line. I think it's insane. And I'm also going to take the over here. Um, 
46 feels really low. I think the Cardinals are going to, you know, in a divisional game, going to try and prove that, listen, we are the best team in the NFC West. And they need to do that to take, like, the lead over the Rams. It will not. I feel like this is going to be an extra motivated game for Kyler. Prove he's not hurt. I think the offense is going to be in sync. I just don't trust this Niner secondary at all, really. And I feel like they have the guys up front on the offensive line. That old line's been playing pretty well as what well also. And against a tough 49ers front, like, I think they can more than hold their own. So I like the Cardinals in this matchup. I'm also going to take the over because I do feel like enough points will be put on the board to surpass 46. Uh, moving on, our penultimate game, Sunday Night Football. Pretty interesting matchup. We have the... Uh... All right, let's just do one more Deez Thomas. The cash on this game for the over-under. What percentage do you think is on San Francisco? You see, this is, like, tough because I don't know if, like, they're... Tr- mm. Man. I have to say... I'm going to be off on this one. I'm going to say... 64%. Nah, 39%. Good try. Good try. But I was going to go the other way. I was going to go the other way and say 61. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know. Zach Dietz does not know which way to go. Known lack of knowing which way to go. Sometimes even goes both ways. <laughs> Moving on. Very, very immature. Uh, kind of <laughs> disrespectful. But anyway, this is Sunday a night very, football. very intellectual podcast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on, Sunday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams favored by seven and a half. Interesting matchup. I like the Rams in this matchup a lot, man. And I'm not just, like, overreacting to the Derrick Henry, like, injury. I think this has, like, some legit blowout potential. Like, ugly, ugly blowout potential. Um, I Titans secondary, it's looked a little better, but against Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, all these guys, like, man... Like, this is a bad matchup. Factor in Aaron Donald and now new acquisition, Von Miller on the defensive line, you know, going after Ryan Tannehill. I, this, this is a really, really bad matchup, in my opinion, man, for Tennessee. And they really need this win. They really do. They need to further their uh, stranglehold of the AFC South. But I just don't see it. I like, I like the Rams in this matchup. Feel really good about it. Over on their 53 and a half. I'm going to take the under here. Biggest line of the week. I th- I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to, I'm going way all in on this, but I think this has like legitimate blowout potential. Like I would, I would not be surprised, Alex, if this is like a 38 to 14 victory, 38 to 10, even victory for the Rams. I just hate this matchup for Tennessee. And yeah, I mean, 53 and a half feels just, a little bit too high. I know those two score projections were pretty close now when I think about it, but still, I, 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 mm, this is a bad matchup. Yeah, I'm not quite as strong feeling as you. I am leaning Rams. I'm almost tempted to switch it up. I, I feel like we're disrespecting how good Ryan Tannehill's actually been over the last couple of years. Like, 
He has he hasn't been. I, I listen. I've been a massive Ryan Tannehill over the past two years. Stand like even when he was in Miami, I never thought he was like that bad. I never. No, but he he's played like a top five. Player. Like in terms of how he's actually played, and you can say whether it's well, it's because defense have to focus on Derek, focus on Derrick Henry, which is true, and he's had some playmakers there, right? He's played. He's been, a, he's probably, been pretty good this year. He's been like a top he's, five quarterback over that time. He's been a top five quarterback so far this year. He's no, been, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Ooh, I, no, I think he, he has. No, he hasn't. He no, has. he hasn't. Not at all. Not at I, all. You're, I think you're wrong. But uh, I, th- I think you're wrong. Top five? I can name five guys right now off the top of my head that have been better quarterbacks than Ryan Tannehill. I his stats do don't show him. it, but watching him, he's been very good for me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's a very good quarterback. And I, I think that it's going to matter a bit in this game. I, I think that having a healthy Julio Jones out there, whether or not that is the case, is going to be the big factor in this one. I don't feel super confident that we're going to see a super healthy Julio out there. And I think A.J. Brown, if he's not out there, is just going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment and a bracket, and that is going to make life very hard. And for that reason, I am going to take the Rams, but I'm also going to take the over uh, because I think that there's going to be points put on the board. I think that Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. I think he's played very well this year. I think he's going to continue to play well even without Derrick Henry. I have no clue what their plan is at running back, which makes me think they're going to throw the ball a ton, which generally leads to more points. And I think that it's a horrible matchup for this defense. I think that Stafford is going to absolutely eat. And I think that we're going to see a point total in the 60s. So that's where I'm at. I wouldn't be shocked if it's something like a 38-24 to victory. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Rams. I'm going the over. And uh, I'm throwing my support behind Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, a little bit right now because I feel like Tom he's Brady. underrated. No? Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Josh Allen have all been better than. I don't necessarily think. I think Josh Allen is better than Ryan Josh Tannehill. I don't know that I he's played he's better. better than Ryan Tannehill this year. I, I think he has. I don't think it's been like. I think that Josh Allen last year played better than Ryan Tannehill this year or last year, but I think that this year I'd give the edge to Tannehill. Again, it's there's a lot of good quarterbacks, right? I just think that Tannehill, he's, it's amazed me a little bit how well he's played. And I just watched him. I think that he's a lot better than his stats are this year. Bears at the Steelers. What a treat to end the week. Uh, two of the least exciting offenses in the NFL. Still, Steelers favored by six and a half points at home. And I am locking them up Ooh. this week. I don't feel super strong about it. Well, that's not true. I'm locking it up. I don't feel as confident in it as, as I'd like to for a lock. I will say that. That being said, I kind of called a little bit of a breakout for a certain Bears quarterback last week who I feel like did a pretty good job. I thought Justin Fields did have a bit of a breakout last week. It didn't end up as planned, but I thought he looked very good against San Francisco last week. And you finally started to see him utilize his legs, finally get to pass a little bit more, not much, but a little bit more. It didn't end up finishing like you'd want it to, and I think they're going to reel him back a bit again this week. And I think that that Steelers pass rush is going to be all up in his grill every single snap. I think he's going to have trouble handing off the ball before he gets hit with the state of the Chicago offensive line and how good that Steelers 
Point is, I think that is going to lead to turnovers, whether it be fumble and a bunch of good field position for the Steelers. And I think they're going to be able to move the ball enough to put some points up on the board. I do think there's going to be a couple big plays for the Bears this week. I think that's what we're kind of going to be seeing with Fields. It's just super inefficient, a lot of sacks, a lot of third and 17s, but also a couple big chunk plays and a couple plays where he breaks loose for 30-plus yard runs. For that reason, I do think it is going to be the over. I think we're going to see something along the lines of a 27 to 17 game where I'm kind of sweating it out, but hits the over, hits the Steelers over as well. Zach, how do you see it? Uh, well, I disagree, and that leads me into my next point. I can't remember the last week because usually, I mean, we're kind of like we don't lock up the same games, but we're usually in the same line of thinking. I can't. Mm-hmm. I would have to look back. This is this week. We are. Uh, we differentiate on three out of the four locks. The only one that we agreed on is I locked up the Cardinals and you took the Cardinals. Everything else, like I'm taking the Bears, I'm taking the under in the Chargers-Eagles game, and you're taking the under in the Giants-Raiders game. There were no like really obvious ones this week, I felt like. I, I, I like the Cardinals one. That one was a little... Uh, that Well, yeah, that one was. That was the obvious, yeah. I also kind of like the Giants-Raiders one, but you see that differently. But it should be an exciting week seeing how differently we see things. Uh, Heading back into this game, I feel like, listen, do I trust Matt Nagy at all as a play caller? No, but I think he's at least – I think he at least has enough – I'm about to make fun of Matt Nagy as I'm stuttering right here. I think Matt Nagy has enough brain cells to know that he has to use the short passing game well. Will Justin Fields have enough time to throw the ball efficiently? Probably not, but I do think he'll be able to use his legs. I like the Steelers in this matchup. I also feel like I don't trust that. I can never really trust that offense, to be completely honest. And against a Bears defense that has played relatively well, given like all the injuries and whatnot. I like the Steelers to win. Six and a half just feels a little, little bit too big for me. I don't feel great about this line either. I'm taking the Bears. But, I mean, it could go either way for me. Um, I'm also going to take the under here, 40. I just I, I just don't like this line. Lowest line of the week and Monday Night Football. We saw that what happened last week with the Chiefs and Giants. Like, a lot of, like, it's just weird happenings and stuff. I'd love to see, like, over-under history on Monday Night Football because I feel like that's worse than Thursday night. Like, we see a lot more, like, stinker offensive performances defense has extra time to watch film and prepare i think that is a factor no yeah when you put it like that it uh it does make sense but factoring in the bears likely inability to not move the ball that much plus ben roethlisberger not to mention i mean the steelers offensive line isn't all that's cracked up to be either like khalil mack and robert could have a field day is khalil mack gonna play um, I'm not sure I should look that up right now as I talk, but at the end of the day, I just don't think this is a good matchup or for our sakes. Uh, Monday night, two-story franchises, and yeah, I just it's tough seeing them like this, but the Bears, it looks like if they get rid of Nagy, they're heading in the right direction. The Steelers, it'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. I mean, they don't look as bad as a lot of people thought this year. And I kind of felt that way. Like, I, I had the Steelers as, like, a 7-9 to nine win team. And, it, and that's kind of what they look to be. Like, I can never say a Mike Tomlin-led team is going to be awful. But at the end of the day, 
Like, this isn't a uh, contending team this year. By yeah, I said 9-10. to 10. That might have been too high. I just refuse to believe Mike Tomlin will ever have a losing record yeah. until I see it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they've managed to have some luck with injuries uh, against opposing quarterbacks as well. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting week, man. I, I think this is one of the hardest times I've had picking locks personally. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun. there's some good matchups too. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I didn't feel like – I didn't feel as, like, you know, conflicted as you were, if I'm just being honest. Not to say that you're wrong, but I don't know. There were a couple of these lines I really like. Like, I like the Raiders one. Um, I definitely – well, you know, I love the Rams one, Cardinals one, obviously. I, I do like the Packers one. I think that will be a very, very good game, even without Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, just uh, some – not fantastic matchups this week, but some like intriguing ones. Like Bengals Browns should be cool. We get the uh, that's a good Rams, matchup. Titans Chiefs Packers. Yeah, it's a good. It's I think the Chargers Eagles is an intriguing matchup too, especially with the Chargers going cross country and like that's a game that has uh, potential for more weirdness than you'd expect. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Titans look like without Derrick Henry. I I think yeah. Packers uh, versus Chiefs is going to be interesting. If the Chiefs lose that game, man, it's they're going to be dealing with some interesting stuff for sure. Yes, sir. They're going to be interesting to see who the Saints go with at quarterback. But obviously the game of the week is the Texans at the Dolphins. So that's the game we're most excited to see. Most game I'm excited to see right now is the Jets and the Colts because it's today and we are going to get to it. Zach, as always, Thanks for putting up with me on this podcast and dealing with my crazy-ass schedule this week. To the listeners, sorry for the No Tuesday podcast. We will have it back again next week when we're talking about offensive tackle rankings. As always, appreciate all the listens, downloads, five-star reviews. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen. Zach is at NFL underscore Deeds. And definitely follow the Juicy Deeds NFL podcast at Juicy Deets NFL on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this Thursday night game. Let's watch some football. Peace out, everyone.